final score is UMass 16 and BYU 10 as the Cougars will not win back-to-back games at any point this season for the first time since 2003. In the last 50 years, that's only happened three times, 1968, 2003, and now 2017, in which BYU will not record consecutive victories at any point in the season. UMass picks up its fourth win in the last five games. Minutemen go to four and seven as BYU falls to three and nine. Let's take a look at our Ken Garf keys to the game, brought to you pregame and postgame by Ken Garf, Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. Proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Mark, what did you have for keys today? Prevent the big play all the way in one play, and uh, that that happened. BYU was pretty good. They didn't give up a big play. Uh, they uh, improved third down success. Keep possession of the football and reduce the chance of UMass's offense. That didn't happen. Pressure the quarterback. They've given up 43 sacks this year. Did they? Did BYU get a sack? Yeah, they had some sacks, but two sacks for 11 yards. Certainly not enough pressure. He had a lot of time. Win the line of scrimmage, and uh, that also didn't happen. So those are the keys to the game. Some stats of the game of note. Uh, Joe Critchlow, 21 of 45, and a comeback game for him. 257 yardage, one touchdown, four picks, four picks. Passer rating of 84.2, sub 100. Usually doesn't get it done for you. Squally Canada, just 11 carries, 51 yards. He was not preferred late in the game. K.J. Hall was, 8 for 37. Both guys averaged 4.6 yards per carry. K.J. Hall, four catches, 33. Jonah Trinaman, three catches, 55. Micah Simon, two catches, 56. Those were your receiving yardage leaders for BYU. Matt Bushman, a touchdown catch. He ended up with two for 15. Andrew Ford, 21 of 35 for 230. Touchdown, no picks. Passer rating modest, 124.6, but good enough to get the job done today. Marquise Young, 19 carries, 53 yards, average of 2.8. A subpar day running it. Neither team ran it well. BYU ran for 42 yards. UMass for 69. And that's a week mark after BYU ran for 265 in Las Vegas. And UMass's run defense isn't dominant. No, hard to figure. It's just hard to figure. I do the uh, BYU's line was great last week, and this time they were looked slow off the line. All right, to also for UMass, so receiving it to seven catches, 84 yards, and a score for Andy Isabella, big tight end, Adam Brenneman. A quiet day, uh, four catches, 30 yards, and uh, no scores. Total yardage ended up dead even, if you can believe that, and neither team got to 300. 299 yards on 71 plays for BYU, 299 on 68 uh, plays for UMass. BYU again ran 42, passed for 257. UMass runs for 69, passes for 230. BYU turned it over four times. That kind of your ball game today is BYU minus four in the margin. Zero turnovers for UMass and BYU this year just did not get enough takeaways start to finish. BYU another tough uh, third down day. Five of 16. UMass no great shakes for uh, 15. BYU 0 of 2 on fourth downs. Fourth down a season long struggle for the Cougars. BYU got into the, into the red zone one time and scored the touchdown on that one red zone penetration late in the game. It was inconsequential as the Cougars could not recover the onside kick. Your final score is 16-10. to 10. Mark, how did we get to that final score? 3-0 to nothing at halftime and uh, start the second half. UMass took the opening kickoff 74 yards for a touchdown. It was a 40-yard pass from Andrew Ford to Andy Isabella. PAT good by their field goal kicker Laurent. On their very next possession, BYU went three and out. On their next possession, UMass moved 56 yards to the 10-yard line, and that's where Logan Laurent kicked a 27-yard field goal, making it 13 to nothing for UMass. And then uh, at 4:55 to go in the third quarter, UMass intercepted a tipped ball from BYU, and then Logan Laurent ended up kicking a 36-yard field goal, making it 16 to nothing. 
And then BYU was able to score with a minute 35 to go in the third quarter. BYU moved 53 yards to the 23-yard line. There, Rhett Allman kicked the 40-yard field goal, 13-3. And then the final score came on this play. Critchlow shotgun. Joe, timing pattern, end zone it is. Caught by Bushman, back right pile of that left pylon. Touchdown Cougars, 53 seconds to go. That was a six-yard TD pass from Critchlow to Matt Bushman. PAT goodbye, Red Allman. Final score, 16-10 to 10 in favor of UMass. All right, lots of coverage to come from Provo following Cougar post-game post live. That's coming up next with Jason Shepard. Final score, UMass 16 and BYU 10. Listen for Jason next and much more from Lavelle Bird Stadium included in our post-game coverage as we continue here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Certainly not the senior day that the seniors, the BYU football team, coaches and fans expecting today. The Cougars fall at home 16-10 to to the UMass Minutemen. They will be on the road wrapping up the season next Saturday, one week from today, against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Lots to get to. We're uh, hoping to be able to hear from players and coaches uh, in the press conference uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But lots to look at when you look at this game today. As Greg and Mark were talking about, 299 yards for both teams in total yards. But the big stat for BYU was turnovers. Four turnovers, zero turnovers for UMass. Now, when you look at the four turnovers for the Cougars, the Minutemen were only able to score three points off of those turnovers, which, quite frankly, is fantastic. But the problem was those turnovers allowed UMass to get the ball back, waste some time, and it took away offensive opportunities where BYU, in some cases, were in good position to score, turn the ball over, and obviously wasting that opportunity. So four turnovers, uh, really the, the biggest stat of the day uh, outside of the score, which, again, the Cougars fall to 16-10, and 10, three wins on the season for the Cougars. How about we look at some top 25 scores, uh, game going on right now. Actually, let's start with uh, with the final right now. Number 21, Memphis, defeating SMU by a score of 66-45. to 45. Uh, Going on right now, end of the third quarter, number four, Oklahoma, with a big lead on the road at Kansas. Sooners leading 28-3 to over the Jayhawks. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Kentucky at number seven, Georgia Bulldogs, with a 35-13 to lead over the Wildcats. In the fourth, Navy at number eight, Notre Dame, fighting Irish with a 24 to 17 lead Ohio State 45 to 7 leading Illinois in the fourth quarter also in the fourth 11 and a half minutes to go it is K State looking for the upset and if they I mean they're up 
let's see, 25 points. It's 45-20 on the road at number 13, Oklahoma State. The uh, K-State Wildcats looking to uh, get the victory on the road and upset the 13th-ranked Cowboys, Nebraska. Not doing so well at number 10, Penn State. Nittany Lions with a 42-10 lead with just under 13 minutes to go in the third. Also in the third, number 17, Michigan State, shutting out Maryland 14 to nothing. Other finals in the top 25. Number one, Alabama, defeating Mercer 56 to nothing. Number two, Clemson over the Citadel 61 to three. Number three, Miami rallies to defeat the Virginia Cavaliers. Bronco and the boys led this game early, playing really well in the first half. The Cavaliers led. 14 to nothing. Miami came back, tied it at 14. Virginia went back up 28 to 14. From that point on, it was all Canes. Miami wins 44 to 28 in South Florida. Number 24, Michigan loses at number five, Wisconsin. The Badgers staying undefeated at 11 and 0. They win 24 to 10. Number six, Auburn with a 42 to 14 win over Louisiana Monroe. Number 12, TCU gets the win at Texas Tech, 27 to three. Central Florida, 15th ranked in the country, wins big at Temple, 45 to 19. Number 16, Mississippi State, with the touchdown victory at Arkansas, 28-21. The final score, number 23, Northwestern, leading, or excuse me, defeating Minnesota. 39-0 was the win Northwestern over the Golden Gophers. Coming up later on tonight, as a matter of fact, in about 40 minutes, it's number 20 LSU on the road at Tennessee. Number 19 NC State on the road at Wake Forest. The uh, rivalry matchup between USC and UCLA. The Trojans are 11th ranked in the country. That game getting underway at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Also at 6 Mountain, number 22 Stanford will be at home hosting Cal. Air Force at number 25 Boise State and number 18 Washington looking to rebound after their loss last week hosting the University of Utah. That game getting underway at 8.30 Mountain Time. Just a little bit uh, uh, down the road from where we are here at the BYU Radio Studios on campus. Number nine, BYU Women's Volleyball was hosting Santa Clara at the Smith Fieldhouse. The Cougars just continue to roll 3-0. They sweep the Broncos. BYU with the win in the first set, 25-16, 25-22 in set number two, and then 25-19 in set number three. Ronnie Jones-Perry leading the way for BYU with 14 kills. McKenna Miller with 11 the Cougars will be wrapping up the regular season Tuesday night at the Smith Smith Fieldhouse. They'll be hosting the LMU Lions. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at Postum.com. Coming up, hopefully we'll be able to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. We've also got more college basketball scores from local teams to get to. We'll go over that on the other side as well. Your final today on Senior Day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, UMass defeating the BYU Cougars 16 to 10. We'll have more of Cougar Post and Post Game Live next on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
Jason Shepard with you on Cougar Postum Post Game Live. BYU falls at home in the regular season home finale, 16 to 10. The Cougars be, will be on the road to wrap up the season next week in the islands, taking on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. 16 10, your final score. Uh, we will have uh, players, coaches, or coaches, and player interviews uh, coming up a little bit later on in the program. Let's update you on other local teams playing college football today. Uh, one final, and this is one obviously that uh, has Hawaii in it. The Rainbow Warriors in Logan today taking on Utah State. It was all Aggies from Maverick Stadium, thirty-eight to nothing. The Aggies now officially bowl eligible, six and five, four and three in the Mountain West Conference. Hawaii drops to three and eight overall, one and seven in the Mountain West. Elsewhere, Weber State is at home right now, hosting Idaho State in Ogden. 12-17 to go in the fourth quarter. Wildcats with a 28-7 lead over the Bengals. And halftime in Cedar City, Southern Utah, with a 27-13 lead over Northern Arizona. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at postum.com. When we come back, we'll let you know what's on the horizon here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We've got BYU basketball coming your way in just a little while. We'll preview BYU versus UT Arlington next. We'll have more of Cougar Postum postgame live after this, your final 16-10 UMass over BYU on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Post Game Live. Sets the throw, goes for the end zone, got a man, it's a touchdown! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post and Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you. BYU falls at home. To the UMass Minutemen, 16-10, to 10, the final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Now, coming up in a couple of hours, we're going to have BYU basketball for you right here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. The Cougars 2-0 on the season, coming off a very impressive road win Wednesday night at Princeton. They'll be at home hosting UT Arlington, the Mavericks. It's the same team that beat BYU in the first round of the NIT last season. That is a game, as I mentioned, you will hear right here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. The Cougars and Mavericks will get underway at 7.30 Mountain Time, 9.30 Eastern. I will have Cougar pregame live for you at 6.30 Mountain Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. So, had BYU football for you this afternoon. Coming up tonight, we will have BYU basketball as the Cougars look to begin the season 3-0. and That's going to do it for Cougar Postum Postgame Live. Your final score today from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 16-10 to UMass defeating the BYU Cougars. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Touchdown! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
right, so no one's yet to the post-game press conference podium down at the Cougar locker room area. Once Kalani Satake takes his place, we will hear from him live. Then we'll get Kalani later in our broadcast booth with us, one-on-one or two-on-one, if you will. So forthcoming, we'll be hearing from Kalani and BYU players down in the BYU press conference area at the press conference table. That is still to come. Final score is UMass 16 and BYU 10. The Cougars, Mark, had won 20 consecutive November home games. Yeah. They've not lost a senior day in uh, in 12 years. Those streaks end, as does UMass's 10-game road losing streak. Yeah, I know. Those are all uh, interesting things, you know, uh, negatives for uh, BYU, certainly. And, uh, the, you know, it is challenging to understand uh, how this happened because uh, we we were all on the high after the UNLV win. They played so well. And the UNLV is also in an pr- improving situation, playing much better this year. So the fact that they got that road win looked as though they were on track. And uh, I just felt like UMass came uh, in that first quarter. Everything was stagnant for both teams. And then when UMass got it going, they got more excited than BYU did early and got a got a little lead at the half. Certainly nothing overpowering. But BYU couldn't do anything on offense. So on a day in which both teams gain exactly the same number of yards, 299, you look elsewhere. And since third downs were both uh, almost uh, equal in struggling, uh, UMass 4 of 15, BYU 5 of 16, you look elsewhere. Since the number of plays was almost equal and the number of yards per play was almost equal, you look elsewhere. And what you find is minus 4 in the turnover margin, and that's where you stop looking. Yeah, that's as far as you have to go. Now, uh, it wasn't horrible as far as uh, turnovers off of points. Uh, points off of turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> UMass scored three points off of four BYU turnovers. Yeah. So you can deal with that. So it's not so much what they did once you gave it away. It's that you gave it away and where you gave it away in UMass territory time and time again. No points scored. And minus four is your ball game today. And so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, the turnovers took it away from you, and then uh, the other side of it was they, BYU's defense did a good job of not giving up points off of those turnovers. I think y- y- even though you're talking about yards, Greg, and you're talking about third downs the same, BYU didn't make uh, consistent drives early in the game where they. I think they had that opportunity to be able to uh, get in the scoreboard, start taking care of the, ba- the, the football game, and uh, that didn't happen. I, I am really surprised, even though I don't know a whole lot, but uh, BYU came out throwing the football. Their first six downs were all passes. And I would have thought that they would have come out uh, with the success they had last week running the ball and the troubles that UMass has had defending the run. I would have, uh, I think I would have pounded it away early in the game. So Critchlow threw 20 times last week, 22 times, and 45 times this week. Now you could say game script led to more throws. They came late. A lot of them came late with BYU down 13, true enough. But even when the game was still a game, it was a more run-heavy, I mean, rather a more pass-heavy uh, uh, attack for BYU. Yeah, and I was surprised at that. Uh, uh, I think that the movement in the front of uh, UMass, the fact that they committed a lot of linebackers to the run and could play our wide receivers with man cover and, and really take them out of the chances of having the big play, uh, that made a big difference. So they had more guys commit to the line rush the quarterback, stop the run, and then their wide receivers were our wide receivers were taken out of it by uh, their good man cover on the corner. Kalani Sitake post game still coming up. UMass 16 BYU 10 our final on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU falls to UMass by a score of 16 to 10. Kalani Sitake at the podium. I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot of support and great fans out there too and um, appreciate the fans that were here support our seniors and support our team and Looking forward to getting, getting to the next one and trying to find a way to win. So, any questions? 
talk about Joe's performance again. He had some success last week and today the four picks and some of the mistakes just seem to be pretty costly to sacks. Yeah, I have to watch film, but I mean, we gave up a lot of sacks and I don't know if there there's a few that were, were missed uh, that were because of the, of the protection, but there are some where he just brought it upon himself, you know, and, and um, scrambled when he probably should have stepped up and things like that. So I, this is just going off of what we saw, what I saw from my perspective on the field. So obviously not good enough, you know, and, and um, looking at the numbers, didn't complete enough balls, and obviously the turnovers is something that really hurts us. And so, um, yeah, it just wasn't good enough and, and probably threw the ball too much, you know. Um, we coming off a good week of running the ball and uh, got a little behind and because we were behind probably had to play a little catch up and go two minute offense and throw the ball a little bit more and um, yeah but probably not the best way to start. Is this the lowest point your team's been at this season? Yeah, I mean it's the lowest point I've been. I mean I you know for all of us and so we got to rally back and, and uh, find a way to, to perform this last week you know and. Um, just can't get down on yourself right now. We've got one more one more game to, to play and, and one more game to honor the, season, the seniors. You know? And this is a, definitely a diff- disappointing season. Um, not going to bowl game, things like that. But we have to find a way to just keep working through it and push through the adversity and and uh, be effective and find ways to win win games. And we have one more to help springboard us to the next season. And, and uh, we got to see some stuff from in this last game. Kalani, was there ever a thought of, uh, of giving another quarterback a chance today? Yeah, we thought about doing that too. And, and I mean, the point is, uh, you know, they're all they're all young quarterbacks that haven't had a lot of reps, and we knew some of the issues that were going into the into this game. And then even as the game was progressing, um, there was also um, you know the hesitation of, of of guys that want to get in there and play when when it, when things don't look too good. So. Uh, we made the decisions that we made, and without getting to specifics, I think Joe was the best option for us at that time. There was a long stretch in the second half where Squally wasn't in the game, and KG was getting a majority of the reps. Was Squally injured, or what happened? There? Well, he got, he got banged up a little bit earlier, if you remember, in the first half. Got, but, but I think I don't think it was anything that uh, should have kept him out. You know, so talking, I'll talk to the offensive coaches and figure out why um, he was out for a long period of time. I think. Felt better with KJ being, you know, playing a little catch up. We had to go. We wanted to go fast, and felt better with KJ being in there as a, as a catching, you know, as a receiver also. And um, Squally, you know, he had a, a bad drop in, in the uh, in the second half, and that was, um, you know, I think that's kind of KJ's deal is being a, more of a complete back, especially on third down, especially in the pass situation. We just got behind and had to play catch up. I mean, we. It's hard to score points, and, and it's difficult to win games when you have 10 points on, on the scoreboard, you know. And we were at zero and three for so long. So um, I think that, that probably was we knew we had to go to a faster pace and probably had to air it out a little bit more than, than we would feel comfortable with going into the game. How big was UMass's scoring drive? The touchdown they were able to score in the start of the third quarter? Yeah, that was, that was frustrating. I mean, I, th- I thought, honestly, the quarterback made some really good throws in that, and and uh, scored on a double move and just um, bad technique. I thought we, I thought corners, we should, we got to compete more. Uh, you know, be, just uh, make it coverage-wise. And um, a couple times, I thought we were misaligned. You know, and um, not having Troy in there hurts a little bit. But these young guys, they they know how to play leverage and know how to line up, whether it's inside shade or outside shade. And um, what the reason is, we we'll have to see. But I mean, we gave up slants. That's something that should never happen in man coverage. And Especially when we're playing from outside, and then we got caught in the sluggle, and 
Um, that's how they scored. So, but the quarterback made some good back shoulder throws and did some things. That, and our, we just got to challenge our, our corners. Got to have to challenge uh, the throw game. They have to tra- challenge passes that go come out outside to the edge receivers, the X and the Z, and it wasn't good enough. The defense seemed to respond to the, after that, though. I mean, they got put in some bad positions with the turnovers, but. Uh, uh, they held them to the point where you could have had a chance if you could be able to get a few more points. I mean, this offense has done some good things in, in, uh, in the all season long. You know, they've scored some points against some really good defenses. And um, I, I thought, our, uh, like I said, 16 points, I would have taken that. You know, before the game, I've taken it, and and uh, especially considering some of the short fields we put them in, you know, and uh, holding them in, in the red zone, holding them in short fields uh, uh, on a on a tur- turnover. Thought the defense battled. You know, they played as hard as they could. And uh, I, only thing I would say is we had some opportunities to get some turnovers and um, whatever it is, whether it's a muffed punt or a fumble or not coming down with a pick, just weren't able to capitalize on those opportunities. And that hurts us, especially when we're giving up turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. But um, you know, overall, I thought I thought Johnny punted the ball well, and I thought we did a pretty good job on kickoff cover. I, Thought Mike Shelton did some good things in the return, you know, as a returner, especially in the punt return, gave us a chance to uh, short field, you know, and then we had a string of holding penalties and stupid mistakes that that cost us on that drive. And even then, we had an opportunity to catch a touchdown that ended up in a, off of, off of the hands of, of uh, I think it was Matt Bushman. So um, just seemed like a lot of things went wrong when, when we needed them to go go right. And um, yeah, there's there's a number of things that you could you wish you could do differently in that game and. Uh, have it work out differently in our favor. So, is that just kind of how the season? I mean, in that way, just how the season's been. It just seems like yeah. there's been a lot of those. Well, whether it's injuries and things like that. I mean, we had a, a number of people that that still got affected today. You know, so uh, yeah. But I mean, not make excuses. We got we have to compete. I think we're good enough to beat this team. You know, and so that's players played hard, and and uh, we have to do a better job. I, I mean, yeah. I owe it. I owe it to the seniors, and I owe it to the fans, and everyone to, to make sure that this this is a better football team than what we're playing like. With it being senior day, what was your message to the seniors after the game? Oh yeah, I talked about it. I mean, I mean, I didn't go to a bowl game my senior year. You know, we we, we were four and six, and my first game was when Lavelle Edwards Stadium was named Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and you remember it. You know, I talked to them about how um, how it affects you. You know, I mean, I I, go, I, get, I pass the stadium every day to work. And every day, and every and another time on the way home, and it still gives me the chills every time I look at it. And so, they'll be joining a fraternity of people that they played great football. They played, they played a lot of downs. I mean, Tijon and Fred and those guys played a lot of plays here for BYU. And just remind that they'll be joining a great alumni group that that have that when they look at the stadium, it just it's hard to explain unless you've been there, you know. And so, uh, but I think uh, I think fans feel the same way. It's just. There's something special about this place, you know, and then just wanted to have a win for them, you know. But regardless, it doesn't take away from what they've done in the past and what they've done, the positive things that they've done. I've seen a lot of these young men grow up. In the two years I've been here, I've seen them mature and grow up, and I'm really excited about the future for them, you know, as, as people in the community, you know, whether they move on to the NFL or not, or they're just going to be, they're going to do some good things. They're going to contribute to the community and and be be the community will be be better because of them, you know, and. I'm um, excited about them becoming fathers and husbands and things like that. So we talked about that, and then just it, it ends, you know, and for these young young underclassmen to, to watch and, and make sure that the senior season, your senior game goes the way you want, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a difficult locker room to 
you know, at the end of this thing, and, uh, we prayed and stay together and stay united and, and find a way to, to become a better team and find a way to get this thing turned around. With this being their final game of, of their BYU career, do you approach this week any differently with, with the seniors? Um, oh, you mean this next week? Well, I mean, because we're traveling and going out to Hawaii, Hawaii and it's going to be, you know, it'll be warmer, you know. So um, um, we'll, we'll get to work. I mean, we just have to grind and get to work and, and find a way to adjust and not let the time difference and the distractions happen, but also acknowledge that we're in Hawaii. And and um, I think we have to give them a little bit of that experience a little bit, you know. And um, But the, the focus will be on working and make sure that we find a way to win. That's The, the goal is to win the game next week. And, and we have to make a lot of improvement, especially not having the ability to practice and, and for bowl game prep. You know, we have to find a way to, to use every minute that we have in, in, in the preparation for going up into this game. I mean, it's important for the underclassmen, too. Kalani, what did UMass' defense do that gave your offensive line? Well, they, they pressured us. We knew they were going to pressure us, and we knew they were going to play man coverage and play a lot of zero coverage, and we had to make them pay for it, you know, and um, we, we didn't do that enough. I mean, we took some shots downfield, but uh, they, look at the sacks. They got seven sacks because they came after him, and uh, we had to crease the run game, and we had to find a way to to, to make him pay for not for just covering with a, with you know with, with no one deep. And so we didn't do that. Good. We didn't do a good enough job of of, of penalizing them. And so uh, we kind of knew going into it, and whatever the reasons. I mean, I, there are a lot of reasons why we weren't able were effective enough, and. Uh, but you have to give them a lot of credit. They they uh, they caught a lot of pressures and and it worked out in their favor. And we didn't make them pay for it. Any other questions? All right, guys. Thank you. All right, uh, we'll go down to players next. U- UMass sixteen, BYU ten. Our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Handsome Tanielu and Trajan Peely at the press conference podium after BYU's 16-10 home loss to UMass today. Allowing them to gain momentum and uh, move the ball. And uh, they were really trying to emphasize throwing in those quick slants and uh, going off of that and, and establishing a good offense off of that. And it was it was working. And then uh, we figured out a way to allow some more penetration and uh, distract the quarterback. But uh, we, you know... We're at that point where there's nothing we can really do now. It's just we just have to go to Hawaii and uh, finish strong. So, is this the low point, or is, are you guys just kind of numb because you've been through these kind of rough games so many times? Um, I just, I mean, I've mentioned before. I just feel like there's just a lesson to be taught from all of this, and um, we've seen great teams this year rise up and and do really well after a, a really really bad year, which. You know, there's a couple of those teams right now doing that, and we're hoping that with all this adversity and all this uh, just things not going our way, that when it when it comes around, the best part about it is it, that there's another year coming and another year coming, and so there's things to be to learn from, and, and you'll know who your returning guys are, that who are the who are the the, the players, and who are the, just the people that should stand on the side. What lessons have you specifically learned this year that uh, you would like the, the next year's team to understand from your perspective? Um, that we can't rely on a previous year hype to 
intimidate others and, and allow us to win. You know, um, we just have to, every game has to be your last game effort. And uh, we have, it has to be a close game effort. You know, we've been in games where we've been up and we lose. Uh, we've been in games where we've been down and worked our ways back up and then lost, you know. So I feel like it's just every play has to has to mean something. And that was the great thing about a lot of our, our seniors last year was they uh, they knew the situation and they knew how to control it and, and uh, how to step up and, and play. So... Other questions? Trajan, coming in, they gave up a lot of sacks. They've been giving up a lot of sacks. Uh, looked like you guys had an advantage there. Why, why weren't you getting the defensive line? Why weren't you guys able to get more pressure on the quarterback? I think uh, a lot of it was uh, the, just a quick pass, a lot of three-step passes for them. It was just quick slant. So they, they try to go for the chippy stuff little by little. So, that, I mean, the few times that we were able to get enough time to rush the passer, we did. We were able to get some pressure on him and crush the pocket, but majority of the game they were just trying to find a little chip, a little chip here or there, and he'll run out of the pocket. We missed a couple times, a couple of those when he rushed out, but I say majority of the time it was just because they were trying to get that ball out fast. So if you had one word to describe the uh, emotion of the seniors right now, what would it be? Um, probably just probably just disappointed. Um, but. The positive side of all of it is uh, next year for these guys that they know how it feels to lose, and there's nothing worse than having a a loser come back and prepare for a new season, and then that's when they're most hungry, and then that's when uh, that's when they play their best. Any other questions? And so are you excited to go home and play your final game in Hawaii? Uh, I mean, it's good. No, I just, if it's it's cool. It's, I never thought it would happen this way, but I just feel like it would have been better if would have been riding home, preparing for another bowl, for a game, a bowl game. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to go back and play in the stadium I played through in high school. So it'll be it'll be a good experience. Hanson talked about what he wants the, the younger players like you to have learned. What do you feel like you guys are gaining right now as you guys kind of go through this this you know tough time? I think, I think our job and the lesson to learn is to not let this happen again. And so finding the way to make sure that doesn't happen. And it's just like you said, every, every loss and every win, there's something to learn, something to gain from it. And we're going to take that right when this season ends and start putting that in the off season starting with winter workouts and everything. So we, we know what we don't want to happen. And as sad as that sounds, it's true. But in the end, next year, it, it won't happen again. For, for us as a young team and as a young group, I feel like it won't. No. All right, thanks, guys. All right, uh, Joe Critchlow and Micah Simon next. UMass 16, BYU 10, our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, Joe Critchlow, quarterback, Mike Simon, wide receiver at the press conference podium. Those blitzes. Um, but I felt like um, us throwing the ball a lot more led them to be able to, to blitz me and to, to key on me because we passed the ball a lot tonight. And I feel like as we move forward, we can learn from that and we can do better. 
Phil, we talked last week about how important the run game was for you mm-hmm. in Vegas and Squally running 25 times and all that. Less running this game. Did you feel more pressure on you just because you guys were chasing throwing the ball so much? Or, or just, what, what was kind of the, the lack of run game, I guess? Mm-hmm. What was that kind of about? I'm actually not entirely sure on on why we uh, ran the ball less this game. I would say that um, just the way that the game um, played itself out and the way that the defense adjusts led us to, to pass the ball more. Um, I felt like um, there were obviously a lot more throws this game than, than last, and I, I could have taken responsibility and, and made better, better reads, better throws, but I failed to do so. Were those windows a little bit more narrow, though, this game than maybe last game? Uh, the, it seems like the defensive backs, as far as uh, mass is concerned, they're, they're ranked pretty high. They're, they're a good defensive Yeah, credit to their DBs. The coverage was tight all night. We, we saw a lot of man-to-man, especially on the outsides, and their defensive backs made some great plays. Um, it goes back to us as well, though. We, we need to create separation on putting the ball in a better location on, and making plays. Obviously, the the holes were a little bit more open last game, and um, but we felt like we still left a lot of great plays on the field tonight. Mike, it seemed like things opened up a little bit more for you guys late in the game. You obviously had a couple big plays like that. Did something change, or did you see something, or 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 was it just a matter of playing from behind, or just what kind of changed late in the game? I guess to make more success. Uh. You know, it's hard to say sometimes, uh, you know, when one plays like that happen in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, it was still, it was still a tight game, um, you know, 16 to three, you know, that, you know, with the quarter to play, we get a score, defense gets a stop, we get another score, you know, it's, it's tied up. So I don't want to say that UMass went into like a prevent or things like that. They were playing the same coverage as they were playing all the whole game. Uh, and we just, just, you know, those plays were me and Joe connected, and he connected with, you know, Joan and other guys. It was just, you know, guys making a play and him putting the ball in a good spot uh, for us to go up and get it. So it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, learning from this and doing that every quarter, not not just the end when it's kind of like, you know, comeback time, you could say. Mike, on 4th and 27, what was the play call, and what did you see? Uh, it was really just get open. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it was just get open, you know, get try to get as close to the sticks as possible. Um, we knew they were going to sag deep. Uh, so, yeah, he just he put in a good spot, and, you know, I, I couldn't couldn't reach over and get the first down, which, you know, which was unfortunate. But, you know, yeah, we just got just to gotta keep working. Joe, do you feel the offense made what, – what areas do you think you made progress as a whole in this offense this week? This week, um, I feel like I I made some better throws from inside the pocket this game than I did last game. I felt like I was definitely on the move quite a bit. A lot of bootleg and, and play-action passing led us to a lot of our big plays, but I hit some vertical routes tonight. Um, I feel like we are going to have a lot of things to improve on, though, when we finally do break down the film. Um, I – I feel like the team's really anxious to get back to practice this week, finish the season strong. We still have one more game, and there are a lot of improvements that we can make on the offensive side of the ball. Did it give you confidence to know that tight end turned to another quarterback and he kept you in the game even when there was adversity? Mm-hmm. I've I felt confidence throughout the season from the coaching staff, from the teammates. My 
Um, I feel like they've always had my back. They've always been willing to, to show me support, even in times of adversity. I feel like that's something that the seniors have really taught us well this year is, is how to handle adversity. We've, we've faced a lot of it this year, and tonight was more the same. Any other questions? Are you guys looking forward to playing Hawaii, or is it just another road trip? I mean, we look forward to every game. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like Joe was saying, we just want to finish the season off the right way. Uh, you know, it sucks we can get this win for our seniors today on their, you know, their last home game. But, uh, yeah, so we'll just, you know, take it, take take next week the same, you know, focus each week, each day of practice and uh, be ready to go. For me personally, I feel like I made quite a few mistakes on the field tonight and next week will be a great week to, to learn a lot and to improve, especially heading into next year. Dijon's been considered a leader of this offense. What was his kind of demeanor like in the locker room after this game? Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, he was, he was for sure disappointed, but, uh, uh, you know, he's still just the leader that he was, you know, every game this year. Uh, he continued to talk in the huddle, keep everybody focused. Um, you know, even... Even it was like five minutes left. He was in the huddle. You know, we're going to win this game, and that's that's the type of attitude he's had every every week. And uh, you know, it'll suck to lose him, but uh, I know he'll do. He'll continue to do great things, and he's left a lot of knowledge with with us uh, underclassmen that we can bring into next season and know how to lead. Any other questions? All right, guys. Thank All right, there you. it is. Uh, Micah Simon, Joe Critchlow at the podium. Coming up next, the Cougar postgame coaches show. Final score at UMass 16 and BYU 10. Congratulations to tonight's winner of Les Olson's How Do You Cheer Contest. Matt Faraday, at Matt Faraday on Twitter, had the winning fan pick at Les Olson. using hashtag Les Olson IT today. He wins a $100 Amazon gift card. We'll get in touch with you, Matt. Congratulations to you. And that's Les Olson's How Do You Cheer Contest. Congrats to Matt Faraday. More coverage, including our Cougar postgame sh- coaches show next here on the News skin BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. He walks in for six. Touchdown Cougars. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so UMass 16, BYU 10, our final score here today in Provo. Let's pause at this moment. Ten seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. All right, so BYU falling to 3-9 and nine today. UMass improving to 4-7 and seven with today's result. The head coach of the Minutemen, Mark Whipple, the winningest coach in UMass history, is now dead even 61-61 and 61 in his UMass career over two separate stints. He spoke with the media a short time ago. Our thanks to intern Tommy, Tommy Johnson, for getting these postgame comments from Coach Whipple, who was asked what it took to win today here in Provo. Uh, you know, it started off, I thought, uh, you know, we put pressure on a young quarterback and, uh, you know, obviously got an early pick, um, missed the field goal, but guys didn't flinch on the sideline. It wasn't like anybody lost their mind. And then, um, you know, they had they did a nice job. They had field position. They, you know, we didn't have any after that point. And uh, went into halftime, and, and I thought our defense had a lot of confidence. We'd been in this situation before, you know, a couple times in defense, and then those guys really stepped up, obviously coming out of half with a, a really good drive and, and a connection to uh, Izzy on the uh, double move was big, and then we kind of just rode the lead. Uh, took care of the ball and probably didn't run it as well as we 
we could have, but uh, credit BYU. They came out and did a lot of different things that we hadn't seen. That uh, they, they they went into some uh, <clears throat> amoeba defense, and um, you know we just uh, we didn't handle that real well. Our communication wasn't great early, and then hey, we do what we had to do. We'll take a, a one point win as long as it doesn't matter. So um, I was really happy with our guys. The defense played well pretty much throughout the game until those last two three minutes of the game. Finally, get with touchdown. What was it? What were you guys seeing? What were they doing on the defensive side? No, they, just, they just made some plays. They kept throwing go balls, and the guy made a great catch. And we were in position, and you know he went up over us, and then they scored. And uh, I really felt it was going to be that way the whole time. I mean, uh, you know, we just—it's um, hard. This is the, the, you know they just come in here and, and go across country, and uh, it's a big difference from fifty-one-nine. And our guys battled, and uh, we just were a little off on offense, and. and uh, Defense make, kept making plays, so uh, really happy those guys played with a lot of confidence. Logan finally missed one. Uh, it's first since middle of last year, he hit 15 straight, but then he gets right back into the group, makes next three. How important is it to have a, a kicker like that who can go out there and, and give you three when the drive stalls? Yeah, I mean we, you know, that one Curtis certainly at the end there, um, but uh, now he's been good and made a great punt, the last punt, and uh, thought we could have iced it there, but uh, credit to BYU, they kept making plays and. Um, their, their quarterback kept fighting, and uh, we kind of played soft zone, and just you know we just uh, they, they won the one on one battle. But uh, you know it's, it was a team win. You know all, all phases played played well, but especially the defense was really hats off to those guys. Another long touchdown for Andy Isabella. How, how much of a difference maker has he been in this second half, and, and in a game where the offense is moving slow, he breaks three for four the Yeah, I mean we probably got a little break. I had another play called, and then. Uh, they got a guy hurt. They called timeout and then went back and just kind of thought we had to look there. And um, you know, he ran a good route, and we 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 really practiced pretty well this week. We didn't play as well on offense, but um, you know, it was a good, real good route by him and a good protection. And uh, you know, it, it kind of I thought uh, really gave us a lot of momentum. All right, that's uh, Coach Mark Whipple, head coach of the UMass Minutemen. His postgame comments a few moments ago. Again, thanks to Tommy Johnson, intern Tommy, for getting those. We're joined now in the broadcast booth by the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, as his team falls to the Minutemen by a score of 16-10. to 10. And Coach Whipple said it a moment ago, Kalani, big difference from 51-9 last year to what happened here today. Uh, they were an improved team and, and played a good game. Yeah, and, and um, you know, I, I thought the quarterback uh... – you know he he didn't uh, turn the ball over and and I think last year we got some you know pick six and some other things that happened for us on defense but block punt and two yeah, yeah and, and so recovery uh, on that yeah just didn't score enough points I mean from, from scoring that many last year to now it's just disappointing and it's been uh, kind of the, the uh, you know the, basically the what's what's been going on all season long you know so yeah. uh, very disappointing and and I mean, you guys heard me in the press conference I'm sure so. Uh, yeah, I'm just a little angry and mad right now. Well, as as often happens, uh, you look for the defining number in a game, and tonight it was turnovers, uh, mm-hmm. minus four, four giveaways, no takeaways. That was kind of it for, for BYU tonight. Yeah, hard to win games like that and hard to win when you're not scoring. And I thought the defense played uh, pretty good, you know. we Other than not, not uh, forcing turnovers, we, we had opportunities. I mean, we had chances to get some turnovers. Yeah. But, isn't that you something know. though? The ball just bounced to their guy, you know, on the the kick, on the that the muff pass that uh, the guy is going to lose the football and it lands right in his belly and your tip ball interception. 
things were just falling their way. Yeah, and that and that's it's been yeah. yeah. I mean, I know that's what you, you're you create your own luck, you know. But um, even with all those things that didn't go our way, I thought defense did pretty good. And, and considering all the short fields that they had to defend, and and um, I, I said it earlier that if you told me 16 points, I'd have taken it, you know. So yeah. um, 16, they, they did enough for us to win. We just uh, we failed, and it was all on the offensive side. It is kind of interesting that uh, on short fields the defense stands tough. And when they have long fields, somehow they end up giving up those drives. Yeah, and, and I, I think we were bending a little bit too much, you know. And, and um, but you have to give them a little bit of credit. They made some good throws, yeah. and made some ran some good routes, and uh, even on the the sluggo, it was a nice route, and and they just made a play. But um, you know, for the for the entire game, I think that defensively things get a little bit harder when you're when you're not scoring on offense, and when you're you have to protect, uh, you know protect the game a little bit more you know so you can't take a lot of chances and uh because that, that what happens with that something either it's either you make a big play or you give a big play up and when the when our, our scoreboard was zero and three for so long um i understand where they're why they're being a little bit conservative and and um not taking as many chances but i they did enough for us uh, as a team where I would have been happy with with their performance, yeah. even with the lack of turnovers and lack of big plays. I thought they did enough for us to win. And, uh, you know, our, our biggest issues have been on the other side of the ball. It's, right. been, it's been that way all season long right now. You threw it 22 times in Vegas last week, 45 times today. Was it a game plan function or a game flow function with playing from behind for much of the game? Yeah, and I don't I don't think we were playing that far behind. No, it was yeah, a game for a yeah, lot of it. I mean, just, you're down not too many. Yeah, three and, and ten, and, and uh, we we threw the ball way too much. You know, I, I think that they were pressuring us quite a bit, and and um, you know, if, if we're gonna, they're going to pressure us as much as they did, then we need to make them pay, and that's do it through the air. But there's also a way to do it on the ground too. You know, and um, being really critical of the offensive side right now because uh, just you can't win games with the, with the low output that we're putting right now, and. I'm just being honest right now about uh, as I assess everything and you, with the scoring output that we're putting, it's just not not going to work, you know. So we need to find ways to score more points. Um, and if that means to run the ball more, then fine, yeah. you know. I don't really care as long as we score. Um, and and Joe wasn't very uh, accurate today and with the turnovers and with the, uh, I think it was 45 times. We Last week we threw 22, and so... I said it before. Maybe we threw too much. I don't know, but I just want to score points, you know. And, and um, that's uh, that's something that that has been lacking, and that's just not this game. Well, to add to that challenge, uh, the third down conversions again uh, weren't so good. But the, it's even worse than that because the average was third and ten in today's game. You had third and longs way too many times, so it was it was happening on all the downs. It's not just third down conversions. Yeah, and that's um, you know that, that's a. Uh, some issues that we have to fix, and uh, it's, it's very disappointing that it's taken so long to address it and that we haven't seen much improvement there, you know. We didn't get to see Kyrus Tonga play a full game today. It seemed like he left pretty early. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, I, I think he, we have to protect him from himself. I think he was willing to go, and but it, there was a lot of, he was banged up, you know, and, and I think that if it was his choice, he would have done that. But, the, um, you know, we, we listened to our trainers and our doctors, and, it just would have been safer for him if we just kept him out. And he tried to go, but it wasn't it wasn't going to work. So I'm not sure if he's going to be even ready to go next week. That's kind of been the theme of the season, though. Uh, important players for you not able to go all the way. Yeah, but I, I appreciate the guys that came in. I thought Kesney, uh, Tausinga did a good job up front. And 
you know, and Meti did a good job too. And then I, we used, um, uh, you know, we used Trajan Peely at D-tackle a little bit, and, and uh, he was able to hang in there. So uh, those guys, I mean, were, we're down in numbers, but, uh, you know, we just have to, <laughs> that's just what it comes down to. The young guys have to step up. Taki Taki made some good plays off the edge, uh, got a couple holding penalties again because of his uh, quickness off the ball, and Kafusi got a sack or two. And so, yeah, the, there was a little bit of pressure going on their quarterback, but uh, he did really, uh, he started a little bit high and tight, I thought, but uh, they got it under control a little bit quicker. Yeah, and he, he's an accurate quarterback, but, yeah. you know, I thought we tried to do as much pressure as we can with a four-man front, and we pressured a little bit here and there. And um, But, you know, Sione played his one of his more, more disciplined games this week, and, um, you know, we just – we. Um, we didn't do enough to win the games. And I said that defensively, though, I was pleased with a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff. There's obviously some things that they can improve on. I almost say that every week, sure. you know. But there there was a definite reason why we didn't win this game, and and yeah, it, it wasn't on the fault on, the, on that, that side. Defense allows 299 yards. If you allow under 300, the defense has done a, a good job at 4.4 yards per play. Not a big number that way either. Uh, fourth down conversions by UMass, 4 of 15. Again, not a real big number there either. Uh, the lack of takeaways ended up being a factor as BYU was minus four in the margin. But generally speaking, defense did what you'd say is enough to win most games today. Uh, offensively, it was interesting. Uh, last year against UMass, you had your Satake era high. You sacked their quarterback five times. You never had more than five sacks in a game. Today, they sacked you seven times. You've never allowed more than seven sacks in a game. But it was atypical, Kalani, because you came into this week fourth nationally in tackles for loss allowed. The O-line and backs have been doing a good job. Quarterbacks, too, have not having a lot of lost yardage plays. Today they got to you seven times for 46 yards on sacks. Yeah, and and, and um, a lot of that is either, well, you know, whether um, Joe hung in the pocket too long or, or scrambled too early, you know, or didn't didn't step up or... Uh, there's a breakdown in, in protection, or we shouldn't have been throwing the freaking ball, you know. So um, there's there's a there's enough issues to go around there, and um, you know whatever it is, it, we have one one game to, to to get it better. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, closing comments from Kalani. Final score: UMass 16 and BYU 10 here in Provo on the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo. Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons upstairs. Nate Mickle making his way up from downstairs. 51,000 and change. 51,355 on hand for Senior Day 2017. Uh, BYU hadn't lost a Senior Day in a long time. 2005 was the last time BYU lost its home finale. It happened today as UMass wins it by a score of 16-10. to 10. BYU had a nice long November run going. They'd won 20 consecutive November home games until today as UMass heads back home with the victory. BYU on to Hawaii now and coach Kalani Satake with us for another moment or two and you said before the break one more game uh, to get it right and that's what it comes down to with you and uh, UH this time yeah and I think they're they're having a disappointing season season two so you know um, they're three and eight they lost at Utah State today 38 nothing oh wow yeah so um yeah we'll, we'll both be scrambling and and uh trying to find a way to end the year in a win and there's just a lot of the, that goes into this last week I, I mentioned earlier that we we don't have a lot of uh, because of the bowl prep and the lack of being to, being able to go to a bowl game, we lose a lot of practice time for the young kids, and so uh, we'll have to try to get a lot accomplished in this next week. You know, we tried to get a lot last week, but 
um, there, there's a there's a lot going into this last week in preparation. It's for the future, and it's also for the seniors going out. A couple of bright spots that I just want to mention their names. Uh, Johnny Linehan did a nice job of kicking the football today, and uh, Michael Shelton did a nice job returning it. Every punt return I think he had today was double-digit yards for, for Shelton. He was good. Yeah, and, and, you know, he gave us a short field and had yeah. a really good return, you know, and um, I thought special teams did some good things, you know. We, we kicked a field goal, and, um, yeah, it just uh, – uh, you know that phase we we did, we did some good things on on punting the ball. I think Johnny uh, was I think he punted the ball pretty well. Yeah, he did. Fifty two um, is as long, and but yeah. he he kept him from returning. You know how he holds the ball and yeah. still hit it deep enough that uh, they had the fair catch. Yeah, so uh, you know I was pleased with the special teams and 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 pleased with the defense. And then there's just one phase that didn't, didn't come through and didn't win us the game. Uh, we mentioned turnovers earlier. Uh, last week you benefited from no giveaways, and this week it bit you with uh, with four giveaways. It was the second start for Joe Critchlow. You've talked a bit about the things that were done and not done, but uh, do, do you think you've got a guy that will be able to get into the offseason and get you into spring with an inside track to leading your team next year? Do you see enough that way, or is it too soon to tell? Um, still too soon. I mean, we, we, have, we have to have a quarterback that's ready to go you know, next season, and um, whether it's Joe or whoever's going to show up and who's going to do better for us. And we have a spring and an off season to get them ready. And, um, you know, I just, uh, we need the quarterback position to be ready. It needs to be deep. And if we just sink more scholarships into that position, then we'll do it, you know, but, um, the injuries have hurt us and, and, uh, but that shows that we need to work on our depth and that's all over quarterbacks, one of the positions, but at every position we need to be better and pro- progress better and, and develop our guys faster. Uh, we talked. You talked a little bit, I think, uh, earlier. But uh, you have the seniors that are leaving today. Eighteen seniors, and it's pretty uh, emotional kind of situation for you. The, I liked the end of the game where you had the walk up to the team. That was something new, I think, and it was a good uh, good way to celebrate their efforts. Yeah, we, we. I mean, we did that last year. You know, with with them walking the field again too. But it's just obviously last year is way different than this year's. Uh, senior day you know and, and um just one of those guys that they they won that last moment to walk off that field together and, and in their pads and um you know they'll they'll remember i mean they'll they have great memories here just today wasn't one of them you know but they'll, they'll be thankful for the time that they had here byu and look back on it and the friends and, and the family that they've made from being here uh i, I speak from ex- experience you know that um you'll remember those moments uh, you just I said just something about this place, and every time I pass the stadium or look at it, it just gives me the the chills. Just give me that great feeling, and they'll have that now. But you know, but uh, hopefully we we can get these this thing turned around and, and make sure our seniors next year don't have that same kind of uh, ending. There are a lot of really good football teams around the country that still struggle to fill their stadiums on a week-to-week basis. You see a lot of empty seats from ranked teams sometimes. And here's BYU. It's a rough season. Uh, they fall to three and, and, and nine today, but 51,000-plus on hand. Uh, it, during a rough year, uh, there are still a lot of people who have your back and have these guys back at the end of the year. No, we have the best fans. And, and um, yeah, <laughs> winning for the seniors was one thing, but also winning for the fans, it's it's that's always on our mind and uh there's a lot of gratitude to, because of our fans and that's why we have a lot of recruits that come here and we, that's why we have a lot of guys that are still uh, committed because there's a lot of tradition there and and that much of it has to do with the fans because of how special they make this place and the fact that we have that many fans show up and this has been a down year you know this is not what what the BYU fans are used to and 
we definitely want to get this thing turned around, but we've seen it at home and very thankful for the fans that are here at home. And we've had great fans that are on the road too. So overall, whether you're here in Provo or, or, you know, out of state, um, just love you guys. And, and, uh, we'll get this thing to, we'll get this thing better. Finally, we're done here for the year in Provo. We have one game to go, and it's off to the islands for you guys to finish it off with a traditional rival, UH, in Honolulu next Saturday night. Just a bit about maybe your schedule for the week, uh, how you plan to practice, and when you travel, and, and the setup for this game, and, and what you hope to get out of it, knowing that neither BYU nor Hawaii will play in the postseason, and what this game might mean to both teams. Yeah, it's just another another game for us to be together as a family and uh, the, the show for our fans. And so... Um, Although we're disappointed in the season, um, there's just this is another opportunity and for us to get over the adversity and get over the uh, the losing feeling, you know. So um, there's nothing we can do about the season and about the past uh, other than try to win this next one. And, and uh, it could take away a little bit of the sting, but um, and then just be grateful for what you have. Um, that's that's the point. But um, yeah, we're we're in a low low po- po- point right now and, and uh, looking forward to getting it fixed. When do you head over? Uh, I believe we head over on Wednesday to get used to the time difference. Usually we play two-hour time difference. We'll go two days before, and this one being three days different, you know, we'll, we'll be out there. We'll get there, I think, Wednesday evening and, and um, you know, spend Thanksgiving there with, with our fa- with our team and our family and and try to get this win. Where do you where do you plan to practice over there? Do you have a place set up already? Do you know? um, I think we're practicing it at a high school out there uh, near Honolulu and, and – um, yeah, we'll have a couple practices out there, and um, yeah, yeah, just it'll be warmer weather. But I mean, we we have work to accomplish. I've heard quite a few a few of your players say this year, coach, that they're just uh, blessed to be able to play the game. You know, that's a comment you were just making, and uh, uh, Mike Singletary said, and I quoted him at the start that uh, the, his favorite thing about it is that I get to play in this game, and so uh, I do know that uh, the feeling that you had following the UNLV game is going to be the feeling that you're going to have following that Hawaii game, and it's a lot easier to get through the rest of the weeks, isn't it? Well, what makes it easier is that we have a great family here. I'm talking about the fans included, you know. We have something special here at BYU, and and we get to, um, I get the benefit from it as a head coach, and our players definitely love it. And, and whether we're winning or losing, I promise you that they're thankful for, for the opportunity they have to represent BYU and their families. And uh, they love their connection with the fans. So uh, I have great young men on this team, and and, and uh, they're great people. And, and I'm th- I'm really thankful to be their coach. And then I know that uh, they're excited for one more game. And uh, you know, we just let's make the most of it. Well, we've had uh, two seasons of uh, post-game conversations with you in this booth, more winning conversations than losing, and we hope that continues to be our pattern moving forward. It's been a pleasure to to spend this time with you after games. Again, sometimes happier than others, but uh, you're always great to share your thoughts with us and Cougar Nation, and we enjoy the time with you, and and we'll look forward to hearing from you uh, next week in Honolulu. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Thank you. That's Kalani Sataki. We'll come back with Cougar Nation now here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And we are with you till the top of the hour. That'll be 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Then we'll take a break. At least our listeners can take a break for 30 minutes. That will then rejoin you <laughs> from the Marriott Center. They need a break. And the BYU Broadcasting Building with uh, pregame coverage for BYU and UTA. It's Cougar basketball tonight, so it's a big BYU sports doubleheader. I'm looking for the split, guys. Got to get the yeah. split. Well, I am going to compliment you, Greg, because sometimes when things are going rough, uh, your tone and your voice goes down a little bit. And you were looking for the comeback. 53 seconds. They can get this onside kick. And I like that uh, you were still working out a win for them. Didn't happen, though, did it? No. 16-10. UMass is a victor today over BYU. The Cougars have that first nine-loss season since back in the day, days of yore. Well, Wayne Starton was the quarterback in that year. And so, 1955. Yeah. You were only about 10, yeah, right? Yeah, I was nine, yeah. Nine years old. And uh, like I said, they were probably bad enough had they played a 12-game schedule. They would have lost two more. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so. That, at least there's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, BYU is 1-9 that year. They're 3-9 and nine this year. Now, heaven forbid we have to even address this. But double-digit loss seasons uh, are are so rare at BYU that they've only happened, it has only happened one time. BYU started playing football in 1922. Okay? They, they, they didn't play for three years during World War II, 43, 44, 45. But basically, it's almost a 100-year stretch of football. And in that time, BYU's had a double-digit loss season one time. Post-World War II, 1949, 0 and 11 in 1949. So that's what we don't want to have to talk about next week is BYU's second ever double-digit loss season. BYU's got to beat Hawaii. The, the, the Hawaii traveled to Logan today, lost 38 nothing. They have trouble on the, on the road. They have trouble on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, BYU and Hawaii next Saturday for the Cougars, a chance to finish it out right. Man, alive, I hope that win that game. I, I just... Uh, you know, I just want to see Kalani happier and, yeah, uh, and, tough, and something, something to build on here for next year. And, and it is going to be, you know, uh, everybody was pumped up and excited about the UNLV win, and uh, yeah. rightfully so, and uh, I thought it was deserving. They played well, and everything was, hey, it's uh, we've turned the corner. Critchlow's going to be there. And uh, Squally. But uh, you'll feel the same way after a victory at Hawaii, even though, and, and it helps erase this loss, which I thought was a pretty tough one to deal with today. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons have been talking. We haven't yet heard from Nate Mickle, who's back up from field level and joining us here on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now, it is sponsored by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. We'll be taking our listener comments in the next segment with hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN, or email us. We've already had some emails. haven't read them yet on the air, but emails coming in to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. That's CougarNationNow, one word, at BYU.edu. Nate, what do you have for us, brother? Yeah, I'm just uh, confused. Last week, they turned the corner. We saw it with our own eyes. We watched it. They had the energy. They had the scheme. They had the offense rolling. They played a UNLV team that was improving as good as yeah. this UMass team, as good as East Carolina. 
and uh, they fed Squally the ball, and, and the, the offense did just enough in the pass game to keep the DBs honest. And then tonight, Squally got 11 carries. 11. He ran for 200 last week. But this UMass D, the run D's really good, right? Not no. so much. No, they gave so up much. 200 a game. Yeah. They were quick today. I don't, and the quicker they were quicker than we were today. And their slant game and their uh, penetration, uh, man, I, I just... Kalani second-guessed multiple times with the press and then with us, the reliance on the throw game. Uh, in talking about sacks, he said yeah, there's a lot of reasons for the sacks, and his last reason was maybe we threw the freaking ball too much. Uh, <laughs> and, and so leads to more sacks. But yeah. when, when you're down 28-7, like, yeah, you okay. have to throw when it. When it's 3-0 or 10-0 or 16, you're, it's still a ball game. It right. wasn't really a game script issue well, that said it got away from us. Go ahead, Mark. First six plays of the game. Right, we're throws. Over three, so, over three, punt, punt. Okay. Yeah, I'm just surprised about that. So that's that, that, that indicates a game, a game plan uh, yeah. uh, a tendency in the first two series, uh, and and it, uh, it it ended up with BYU rec- uh, rushing for a total of forty two yards one week after going for two sixty five against a team that gives up two hundred. And part two, which I just their corners are good, and we didn't attack the safeties, and uh, I just felt like. Uh, well, you know, that was where you had an opportunity to beat them, I thought. How many catches for Bushman tonight? Three, two, four, two. One for a touchdown. Yeah. So, and the, they continued to throw the ball laterally to the outside people, and those were, were the places where their defense was the strongest. So there were just things that I was confused about. You know, like Nate, we're confused, and uh, I don't know. Maybe let's just go play some. What's the game you beat me at a ton, Greg? The, the triangles on Monopoly? it. No, no. <laughs> the triangles on it. You roll the dice. Backgammon. Backgammon. See, I feel just like when you would beat me eight times in a row in backgammon, and I'd finally say one more, and you'd go, "Come on." Yeah, you're, I think you had enough. This is enough. <laughs> I, I could also beat you in bowling occasionally. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. We'll come back with BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Um, Mark would beat me in everything else, though. He's much more the athlete than I. Like cribbage, maybe? Crib, I, I grew up on crib. I'll tell you, you know, Let's that, not do that. That's one thing America doesn't have enough of is cribbage players. Because uh, at my grandpa's, grandma's, and aunt's and uncle's houses, man, we were a crib family, let me tell you. All right, uh, it's Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. You can join us on the Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN. We'll see where our listeners' comments take us in the next segment. Hashtag BYUCNN. Tweet at us or email us. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Greg and Mark and Nate with you in Provo. BYU falls to UMass. It was a U-mess out there today offensively for BYU. 16-10 the final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Provo, Utah. 51,000-plus on hand on this Senior Day 2017. Massachusetts is the winner, 16-10. The series between BYU and UMass, a couple of FBS independents now even at one. We'll be back in uh, New England next season Damn, and the season alive. after, playing at uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, the home of the Patriots, the sometime home of the Minutemen, as the Cougars play the back two games of this uh, four-game set, which now stands even at one apiece. Hey, is that the same place that BYU played a kickoff classic thing? No, they played at East Rutherford, uh, an old stadium at the Meadowlands, way, way oh, back in the day. That, but that's where the Jets played then. No, uh, that's where the Yeah, well, the Patriots. Jets and Giants played there. 
uh, at the Meadowlands. Yeah, okay. yeah, both teams share. But it was the Giant Stadium for a long, long time. More than right. the Jets. Okay. The, the Jets had Shea Stadium. Then they moved to the, the Meadowlands, shared it for a bit, and then they got their own deal. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, it's uh, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN. Or email at uh, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Question coming in from David Johns. This is a very, uh, very serious question that must be addressed. Please tell us why you call Mark the Arvada Flash. <laughs> Greg, you won't believe this. I wanted to tell you this, and it's amazing this guy brings it up. Because I'm reading an article about my dad because I found this scrapbook of my mother's. And I'm reading this article about my dad. Now, he, was, he went to school in Iron River, Wisconsin. It's got about 2,000 people. And he was the Iron River Flash. I'm not, I couldn't believe it, and uh, yeah. And so I call you the Arvada Flash, not knowing that the Iron River Flash was in your background. Not even knowing it existed, and, and you just made it up as a fun label. I, I I just made it up as a fun label years ago, right? Years, years ago. Years and years ago. Maybe, maybe even before I was even doing play-by-play. I think it was in our, in our, uh, in our when I was doing sidelines, maybe even. Anyway, so why do I call you the Arvada Flash? Well, because you played your high school football, and you were from? Arvada. Went to Arvada High School. In Arvada, Colorado. Arvada, Colorado, yeah. And uh, you just put a label on there that was kind of comical. <laughs> and it, I liked it, and it stuck. And so it stuck. And, of course, you know, he played quarterback, and he was running quarterback. and He was, he was, he was athletic. He was the flash. And yeah. so I just went with Arvada Flash, and I've never dropped it. And I just keep on saying it, just like you keep on saying, Greg, my boy. Yeah, Greg, and my pe- boy. people just deal with it. And my dad was the Iron, Iron River, River Flash. flash. So <laughs> you're a family of flashes, and you didn't even know it. I didn't know it. Uh, two weeks ago, I found I was that. clearly inspired when I called you the Arvada Flash. <laughs> uh, at Dave R. Welker, thank you, by the way, to David Johns. And there's your answer on why I call Mark. And we'll always call Mark the Arvada Flash. <laughs> I've never introduced him at the start of a broadcast once without calling him the Arvada Flash. Yeah, and I forgot. I don't know if the Cougar Canadian commentator is going to ever stick to you. <laughs> not, the, eh, not the same thing. Uh, David says, I'm weary, he says, of hearing how the defense played well enough to win. There were plenty of opportunities for the D to win this game, and they did not. There is a there is a D in team. Well, not so much. <laughs> and an O in a special teams, too. All three underperformed. All three lost. And um, it is true that it is a team yeah, game, and yeah. not one side loses it. That yeah. said, and yes, the defense wants takeaways, and they had zero of them today, and there were some opportunities to make some plays. But uh, you know the, the four giveaways and 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 the turnovers in UMass territory did saddle more of this setback on what the offense didn't do as opposed to what the defense didn't do today. Again, by the numbers, you give up under 300, uh, you give up under four and a half yards per play. You keep them off. You get them off the field on most third downs. Sixteen points is enough. Sixteen to points. Generally overcome. speaking, you throw that profile out there and you say that's the defense has done its job. For the most part, and the offense didn't do enough, and that's been kind of a continual theme. So, what was Broncos' number? Not to totally dis- twenty-one is the number. Twenty-one, yeah, twenty-one's the pillar. And uh, and and when holding teams under twenty-one historically, BYU's done very very well. In fact, just since two thousand five, when holding opponents to uh, twenty-one points or fewer in the Satake era, they now fall to eleven and five. Okay, so they they've lost five times when allowing twenty-one points or fewer in the entire Bronco era. They only lost 10 times at 21 points or fewer. BYU under Bronco was 71-10 and 10 when allowing 21 points or fewer, lending credence to the fact that 16 is usually enough to win. At 71-10, and 10, that's an 88% win rate. 
Okay, so if 9 out of 10 times, 16 points wins you the game, and it didn't today, then yeah. the offense bears more of the responsibility. And if you go to special teams, you know, Johnny averaged 43.5 uh, per punt. That's Michael good. Shelton Michael gave Shelton. Short, short field after short field. 86 yards. So you say the special teams, they did they did well. Kickoff yeah. return didn't have a chance. And then you, just one more thing. Yeah. It's not the – yeah, sure, it's a team game. Oh, It's that the offense played so poorly. It's not like the, it's not like the offense is just average – if you score 30 points a game in college football right now, that's average. Yeah. 30 points a game is average. So 10 points, that's not like one standard deviation below the average. We're talking like massively below the average, and that's the issue. And that's why people say the offense lost the game. And it's but and so I wanted to do that, and you said it already. It's a team game, and I understand what people are saying that – it's difficult to hear the coach come out and say, oh, these, this is the spot. <laughs> this is what did it. But on the uh, other side, there were so many close plays. I mean, we're, we're talking really close plays today offensively where balls need to be caught. They've just yep. got – you've got to make that play. The ball is just slightly overthrown. We'll then throw it just a foot shorter or that make that stretch and make that catch. Uh, Micah Simon was so close on that fourth and – 27. Seven. 27. Fourth and 27, and he stretches the ball just before he goes down. It was so close. Just another foot, and he's probably going to get that. And there are so many things out there that were so close. Uh, but, on the other hand, they didn't happen. They just didn't happen. Uh, Micah Trinneman did a no, – yeah, it was Micah Trinneman did a nice <laughs> job of fighting for the football. Jonah. Caught, <laughs> Micah Hanneman. <laughs> you are already on – Tuesday night's guest. I was putting them together with the two sevens. Jonah Trineman did a nice job on the ball that was there to him, and he fought and caught it. And uh, Bushman in the end zone, he fought and caught it. And so it's just uh, I'm saying that uh, my point is that people are kind of saying Critchlow was really bad today. Uh, He wasn't as poised. He was uh, really afraid because of the rush. But his throws, I thought there were many throws that were really close to being good good passes that could be caught. First thing Coach Mark Whipple said today post-game was we went after a freshman quarterback. That's indeed yeah. what happened. Seven sacks today. Uh, Clint Edvaldson, uh, Edvaldson, beg Hello, your pardon. Clint, Clint Edvaldson, before the break, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Clint says, why do BYU receivers struggle so much against man coverage? Any team that presses and plays man shuts our throw game down and our offense. Yeah. Responses to that, and then we'll take a break, guys. We'll go with Mark and then Nate. Yeah, it's, I, I can't I can't answer that uh, because it's been it's been five years. Michigan, Michigan just totally dominated. Of course, they cheated. I thought I thought they interfered a lot and held a lot, but Michigan really demonstrated. Uh, if you get up and are tough to our receivers, uh, they have a hard time dealing with it. What do you, you know, ha- Nate? When you have Austin Colley and Todd Watkins. Uh, Cody Hoffman, Johnny yeah. Harlan, Dennis Pitta. Well, I mean, that's going inside. Then the uh, press man isn't as big a deal. I mean, you just need good receivers. And I mean, you need really good receivers. And BYU's had some solid receivers, but not the kind of guys that can really make you pay for paying man-to-man. So here's the part that I would suggest that you do. There's two things. The slant pattern that uh, uh, I thought UMass did such a nice job with, you can get off inside uh, against that um, man press and if you get off inside you have a step on the guy you throw it out in front you got a chance the other thing is on that man man cover take the second receiver and uh, put him in motion across the field 
The safety goes with him. He covers the second receiver in. Now that wide receiver on one side of the field has the entire field of a post pattern to be able to work and get open. So instead of, because uh, you've already taken the one defender out there that might help on a man cover, you got one guy, goes seven yards, plant, step, goes to the post, throw the ball up, and you got a shot at it. So you beat it off the line of scrimmage, and you cut to that post, and you have a chance. As we head to, uh, as we head to break, and by the way, thank you for both of your uh, responses on that. Uh, Nate mentioned Austin Colley, BYU will be facing Brother Dylan, Dylan yeah. former Cougar, Dylan Colley yeah. in Hawaii next Saturday in Honolulu. We're taking a break. Uh, more Cougar Nation now coming up. BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Closing moments of the show. We're in the final 15 minutes. You can tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN. Email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. We've got ice cream trivia coming up in the next segment here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so we're back in Provo, Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the broadcast booth. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, and Nate Mickle. We are your broadcast team. And we have uh, a second-to-last segment of Cougar Nation now to get through. And then we'll be off the air at 6 o'clock, back on the air at 6.30 with BYU basketball coverage, the Cougars and UTA. From uh, Cougar Chaps, uh, Paul Schumann on the email. Uh, Greg, Mark, and Nate, he writes, Something we often hear after a loss is we got behind, so we had to start throwing more. We heard it again today. I'm not sure if we heard that really mm, again today. I implied, think like, maybe. Uh, just implied, okay, maybe. Okay, maybe implied. But uh, Kalani tried yeah. to throw some cold water on that. He says, yet yeah, down only two scores beginning of the fourth. Seen the BYU offense started going away from the run already when it could have mixed in a few more runs. Again, this was against a UMass team, he writes, that was giving up about 200 rushing yards per game. I feel like desperation time, he says, comes too early for the BYU offense, even from behind. Any reaction to either of that? Yep. Uh, Affirmative from Nate? Well... Uh, let's go back even I think they started the game that way six passes you know the the first quarter they were already um, throwing the football a, a lot more than what I expected to see in against this team so well, when you look at the the totals they I'm rushed to find the, you rushed 26 times and threw it 45 times it's a huge disparity for a game that was close the entire time and there was no Real moment of desperation until the last few minutes of the game. So first quarter, uh, seven rushes, nine passes. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, 14 passes. Oh, excuse 14 rushes, 19 passes. So it was, it was doing... three to nothing at the most in that game, and it was already 19 throws to 14 runs at halftime. So it wasn't at the point of desperation at all. It was the plan somehow. It was the plan. Yeah, and we think possibly that might have been a flaw, a choice, choice. When Kalani um, comes on with us or in the post-game press conference and and talks about how uh, you know ten points is probably not going to win you a game and and kind of zeroes in on, on what he deems to be the reason BYU lost a game. He is the head coach. He has the biggest, broadest view of what's happening with his program. It seems like a lot of people, just from the tweets and the emails I'm getting, are very sensitive to the fact that Kalani um, is open with his uh, opinions about his the opinion about, about the yeah. struggles with the team. And, and uh, you know, I, that's what I'm saying. It is unique. I think it's unique. I don't think that usually coaches uh, put that out there. There, It's all talking about the team win, and then in their meetings and everything, they know what they what they want to express. But uh, he is a little more open about that than most. 
And he's also, but he also always references the honesty with which he wants to speak to people. So yeah. I'm just being honest. Yeah, it is. You know? yeah. And, and it's true. But a lot of people seem to have uh, a, sensi- a certain sensitivity to it um, that I would think is rather um, goes without saying. When you talk about the coaches in their meeting rooms and in their st- they, they know where the situations yeah. uh, need to be addressed and what the problems are. And what Kalani's doing isn't uh, anything other than they would already have recognized right. or acknowledged. Secret. Not right. a secret right. at all. Um, but I, I just find it interesting. And, again, he is ultimately the man upon whom all of this right. lies. It's ultimately his responsibility. So when he criticizes yeah. the offense or reflects on the fact, it's not him saying this isn't my deal. Yeah, he knows point. he's yeah. over he's the entire in, thing. Yeah. It's part of his, his responsibility. Yeah. So it is his deal. Yeah. And so he's he's reflecting on, on, on everything involving himself, not just another side of the ball or yeah. a coach or a series of coaches. Good point to make. Right? Anyway, I just want to bring that up. All right. Uh, Nate Mickle just did his last home game with us on the radio. We haven't talked a lot about it. We just addressed it briefly before the game about this being Nate's senior day as well. So Nate played for BYU, left BYU after the 2006 season. Season. And then soon thereafter was back uh, with the team, if you will, from from a broadcast standpoint. I'm not sure if it was one or two years later. So I was watching practice in 2007, fall of 2007, because I lived right across the street from the practice facility. And one day you said, hey, I noticed you've been here a few days in a row. Would you be interested in doing the broadcasting? And I said, well, I think so. But Coach Mendenhall doesn't have a great relationship with the media, so I'm a little bit concerned about souring that relationship. Because you're a Bronco guy. Because I love Bronco. And uh, I went home and thought about it, talked to my wife about it, and talked to a few more people about it, and a couple of them said, I don't think you should do it. And I thought, you know what? I have a chance to go to every football game. Yeah. And still be a part of this thing because when you finish playing it's tough. You don't you don't know where you stand. It's hard to like do I really feel comfortable going to practice? Do I feel okay about like hanging on to this this dream? Isn't that the truth? So it was the Absolutely. perfect transition for me. So thought about it and I said, "Yes, Greg, I want to do it." So yeah. Starting in 2007 until now with a little quick hiatus. Yeah, so in, yeah. in 2007 you start and you take a brief break to continue your studies at some point in that whole. And so we Scott Johnson was with us yeah, Scotty uh, for a time. And, and Scott was tremendous. Of course, mm-hmm. you, you love Scott. I love and Scott. respected him as a player and certainly became a great broadcaster for the two years. And then his career took a different path and we were back in the market. And right. I called you back and said, uh, would you mind uh, getting the gang back together? And, and I think I told you first. I said, hey. I'm interested in getting back in the game. Is there an opportunity? Oh, um, oh. But it was a, it worked out well for both of us. Yeah. Right. So we brought you in, and you've been with us ever since until yeah. now, and you're leaving us again. Let's, so here's we... the deal. This is a long way of getting into the trivia question. For tonight <laughs> oh, I see. Great. So we're honoring Nate Mickle this week and probably next week with our ice cream trivia questions. Uh, the correct answer at either hashtag BYUCNN. <laughs> Nate Mickle. Or <laughs> the answer. Oh, we've got the answer. Is. What's I, the question? Before I. Or the email. This is Jeopardy. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. The correct answer to this skill-testing, Nate Mickle-oriented trivia question. So Nate Mickle in the 2005 Las Vegas Bowl set the Las Vegas Bowl record for most receptions in a game. Is that true? I hope that's right. I don't, well, I don't know if it was the Las Vegas Bowl or record BYU or the BYU Bowl, bowl, record. bowl record. Okay, let's go with that one. Let's go with BYU Bowl record. He set a BYU Bowl record for most catches in a postseason game. With how many catches did Nate set that record? Correct answer, we'll get ice cream. We'll get that next here on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network. All 
right, congratulations to Jake Hiller. Tonight's correct uh, trivia answer answerer. Uh, 12, Twelve catches, catches. Las Vegas Bowl. Way to go, Nate. BYU Bowl record most catches in a game. We're wrapping it up here from Provo. Basketball's coming up next for our engineer Barry Squires, interns T- Tanner, uh, rather Tommy and Michael, for Doug Martin, our spotter, our stats guy Ralph Sokolowski, uh, for Carter Malloy. By Carter the way, Malloy. it hits his first year here. Maybe that's the losing record. Reason. Carter Malloy back east, <laughs> along with Mike Tingle, Dave Shook, uh, my buddy Nate Mickle, Mark Lyons. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score: UMass sixteen and BYU ten. BYU basketball coverage coming up in half an hour. In the meantime, and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night. So long from Provo.